Allegra Hadida, thank you very much indeed for joining Judge Business School podcast series today to talk about creativity in a business environment. Are all people equally creative in business? Um, Well, I suppose the short answer is no, they're not. However, when you think about it, they should be, because I've always worked under the assumption that everyone is... um, We're all born creative, actually, Uh, and it's education, it's growing up that stifles our creativity. So if you work under this very strong assumption that we're all born creative, then what prevents us from all being equally creative in a work environment? You've been studying that, haven't you, with others? What have you found? Well, I've been studying that. I've been working a lot over the past few years with three wonderful people at Sachi and Sachi. Uh, We've been working together on delivering uh, creativity workshops for our MBA students here at Judge Business School. And if if you allow me to name them, uh, because they completely deserve it, it's... Do. uh, It's um, uh, Richard Heitner, who's Deputy Director Worldwide for Sachi and Sachi, Uh, Jasper Nellison and Jane Kendall. Jasper and Jane are directors for reinvention in Sachi and Sachi London. And they're absolutely wonderful. They're beacons of energy and creativity. And we've been working together on developing those ideas over the years. So what factors would enhance a person's creativity in a business environment, given that you say that we are all born creative? Well, let's look first maybe at the factors that stifle creativity in a business environment. Uh, What really strikes me, every year when we run the creativity workshop with the MBAs, we always have people coming into the room saying, you know, I'm an accountant, I'm not creative. There's no way you can make me creative. Or, no, also people who walk in and say, I'm, you know, I'm an engineer, I can't be creative. Forget about it. This whole creativity thing is not for me. And, and, and I think that we are our worst enemy in terms of creativity because we do impose those limitations on ourselves. I'm the type of person who would do this and that, or I'm not the type of person who would do these other things. Um, and, and I think this is, this, this is really stifling creativity. And now if I can um, cite um, a kind of wonderful article uh, we're using a lot, which is How to Kill Creativity, Harvard Business Review, Teresa Amabile, 1998. And she actually starts her article by saying, you know, there can be no doubt creativity gets killed much more often than it gets supported. For the most part, she says, this isn't because managers have a vendetta against creativity. On the contrary, most believe in the value of new and useful ideas. However, uh, still according to Teresa Mabil, creativity is undermined unintentionally every day in work environments that were established for entirely good reasons to maximise business imperatives. OK, so how is it stifled? Would perhaps someone being told off stifle that creative adventure they're going through in their mind? Do you have to give a creative person unconditional love? Well, um, I'm a little bit reluctant to talk about creative persons and non-creative persons, just for the reason I mentioned. You know, I do believe that everyone is born creative and we all have the potential to be immensely creative. Um, I'm also a little bit wary of those organizations where people you know, depict themselves as the creative professionals, professional creatives, rather. Um, you know, those organizations 
when, whenever you've got someone in an organization who says, I'm the creative one, does it actually mean that the other people in the organization are not allowed any creative contribution? But, for instance, would undue bureaucracy stifle the creative mind? There's nothing worse than having all those dreary forms to fill in before you can do anything. Um, it doesn't help, that's for sure. Um, at, at the individual level, we all have different um, factors that will stifle or enhance our creativity. I mean, some of us would actually, I don't know, I, even possibly some of us might actually find those bureaucratic forms helpful in terms of focusing their thought, when most of us would probably think that, as, as you do, that this is completely, what is it, a waste of time, useless... So maybe the factors that encourage creativity in an individual, you seem to be saying, might be different for each individual. There wouldn't be one formula no, that fits all. Is. I don't think there is. I mean, when you talk to people, when you ask them when it is that they are, when they feel really creative, and some people will say, well, when I'm on my own, when I'm in, in bed at night and I wake up with wonderful ideas. Or other people would say, when I'm working in a team. People would say, you know, I'm creative when I'm listening to music, when I'm at a cafe surrounded by white sound. Other people would be very creative when they're on their own in a totally silent environment. So it varies enormously. Uh, some people are more creative in the morning. Some are very creative late at night. Now, the problem with our organizations is, um, I mean, the real question at the organization level is, do, does your organization allow for those different threats? and allow you to be creative when you're feeling that you're at your creative best. I mean, if I'm the most creative in the day between 10 p.m. and 12 a.m., uh, why should I be at the office from 9 to 5 pretending to be creative at this point in the day? This, it, it, it is absurd. I know I'm not going to be creative in that, in that span of time. Does my organization allow for flexi time and allows me to basically, you know, be creative when I am creative and not pretend to be when I'm really not in the mood for it. So we, you seem to be saying, Allegri, that we need organisations that listen to people and, and then mentors them almost in how to fulfil their creativity. I, I, I believe so, yes. And we need organisations that allow people to experiment and also sometimes to fail. So when you look at creativity, when you look at creative endeavors, I mean, in particular in science, but also in business, many of them come, come up from uh, experiment, experimentation, experimenting, and sometimes the outcome of the experiment is completely radically different from what was envisioned as the outcome when the research started or when the um, uh, product uh, development process started. And we've, we've got you know, examples in the business world of those cases. And Viagra would be one, obviously. Uh, the 3M sticky notes is another one. If we're now going through a global recession and businesses are in trouble, is there a way that a more creative workforce might lead them back to profitability? Hmm. Hopefully so. The difficulty, of course, is that when businesses are in recession, they're possibly focused on the short term and on surviving. And when you're on survive, in, in survival mode, it becomes very difficult to think about 
creativity to think outside the, uh, the, the, the mold and outside of what it is that you're supposed to be doing on a daily basis to survive. Um, however, you know, when most organizations, they, I mean, I was talking about the education system before. Um, our schools, our universities, our co corporations, they teach us to be left-brain people. They teach us to be extremely rational. They focus on rational decision-making. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, creativity also involves the right hemisphere of the brain. And this, this hemisphere that controls emotions, creation, has a holistic view of, of the world. Um, it, it, if I was going to be a little bit cheeky, I would say that if you actually trigger creativity in your workforce, if you teach, if you train your workforce to use their right brain as well as their left brain in, in their daily activities and in their daily business, then you might actually be almost doubling your workforce in times of recession at no cost. So are there any tips for doing this? Yes. Um, yeah, I think so. I think that the first thing, the m first and most important thing would be probably to stop thinking about creativity in terms of radically new processes and radically new ideas. Um, in reality, when you look at business ideas, at momentous business ideas, most of them are either adaptations of existing ideas, improvements on existing ideas, or connections between several existing business ideas or, or products. Um, think about Steve Jobs, for instance. Uh, I remember in an interview a few years ago, Steve Jobs defined creativity as connecting stuff. Creativity for him is all about connecting stuff. And when you look at the iPhone, isn't that a beautiful example of creativity as connection? Because when you think about it, the iPhone is what? It's the connection between a telephone, an email browser, an MP3 player, a camera, and you know, many other things that were living in separate universes before Steve Jobs put them together in this, well, before Apple, rather, put them together in this, in, in, in this product. Now, if you, if you keep that in mind, the prospect, if you keep in mind that creativity is not all about blue sky thinking and coming up with radically new concepts and ideas, then it becomes much, you, you, you lift a huge chip off your shoulder. It becomes much less daunting to be creative when you finally realize that in business in particular, but also in all walks of life, in order to be creative, you don't have to invent the equivalent of the wheel or of the theory of relativity. Things can be much simpler than that. And do you think process has taken over in business practices instead of letting people have more personal freedom? If they've got more personal freedom, will they be more creative? Will we get the iPhone again? Mm, I'm not sure personal freedom is the answer to, uh, to, to this. We don't... Um, the, the, my Sachi and Sachi colleagues talk a lot about uh, stretching the walls of the elastic-sided sandbox in terms of, of creativity. Because they do strongly believe, and I do relate to this idea that creativity should not happen in a vacuum in some way. We're not talking about thinking outside the box. We're, thinking about, uh, we're talking about thinking inside a box 
uh, giving us a huge freedom within this box. But this box is actually existing. And yes, it is elastic-sided. And yes, it is flexible. And we can stretch those walls as much as we can. But the walls have to exist. And the walls are actually provided by um, techniques that help your creativity flow. Allegri, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School podcast series today. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you.